we are finishing up our sermon series today that we've called Jesus Man of Mystery. And the title of the sermon series really comes from this fact that in the Gospels, Jesus arrives on the scene and there's a mysterious quality about him. The disciples aren't really sure exactly what all Jesus intends to do, what all Jesus intends to say, and how Jesus will change their lives. It's only over the course of time that Jesus is slowly revealed to them as they spend more time with him that they begin to understand more fully who God is in Christ and who Christ is calling them to be. And the same is true in our relationship with Jesus. There's a sense in which Jesus will always be mysterious. And yet, the more time we spend with him, the more we walk with him, the more we will understand him, and the more we will understand who he desires for us to be. Our passage of Scripture today is this text from Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. And the title of the sermon today is Our Mission and Calling. Our Mission and Calling. Today, in case you haven't heard about it already, is Transfiguration Sunday in the life of the church. And this text that we've heard read this morning is the story of Jesus' transfiguration. It itself is a mysterious event. It's something to marvel at. It's something to um, question what exactly happened, to wonder about. And yet, it is also an invitation for a transformational experience. It's an invitation to be transformed by what happens to us on the mountain. But here's the deal. Uh, this is one of those Sundays in the life of the church that the early church decided was important for us to celebrate every year. So if you've been a member of a church, if you've been a Christian for your entire life, you have heard this text preached or taught at least the number of years that you've been alive. I've been in ministry for 27 years, which means that I have either taught or preached this transfiguration text at least 27 times. And when you've heard a story over and over and over again, it's hard to imagine that there's still something about that story that can transform you. There's, that there's anything new to be gleaned from this text. And so... I always wrestle with Sundays like this. this. You've heard this text preached up one way and down the other. And, and so I thought, how can we read it or hear it anew that might allow for the opportunity to be transformed by this oft-told and very familiar passage of Scripture? And so I decided that maybe one of the things that we could do today and to create a possibility of being transformed is to uh, maybe take on the role of one of the people in the text. To maybe focus not only on what the text says, but to think about creatively, imaginatively, what the text does not say. So I want to invite you this morning to put yourself in the position of Simon Peter. 
I want you to think about this story as if you were Simon Peter in the passage of Scripture that we've read about today. Can you imagine just sitting around one day and all of a sudden Jesus comes up to you and two of your buddies and says, Hey, why don't we leave the crowd and all of the noise and we go off and spend a little bit of time by ourselves? Why don't you join me and let's go to a special place where you're going to have a special experience that hopefully will prepare you for what following me actually means. And I want you to imagine that you're Simon Peter and you've just been extended this very personal invitation, you and two of your buddies. And I want you to think about what you're thinking in that moment. Are you honored that you are one of the few that have been chosen to get away with Jesus for a little while and perhaps experiencing something very special? Are you gloating because you're one of the few people that get to go on this special experience with Jesus? Are you walking by the other followers of Jesus and saying, yep, you're not going? I mean, are you gloating about this opportunity that is before you? Are you feeling this heavy sense of responsibility and saying, uh-oh, I'm about to go be alone with Jesus for a while. Something's about to happen, and I'm going to be responsible for doing something or saying something or making sure that everybody else knows all about it. What's going on in your mind when you've been handpicked by Jesus himself to go away for a while? And what are you expecting to happen? Are you expecting some sort of divine commission, some sort of task that you're going to be entrusted with that you have to follow through to completion? Are you expecting to hear something that nobody else is going to hear? Are you expected to see something that no one else is about to see? What are you expecting when Jesus invites you to go away on this special journey. Well, I don't know what you're expecting, but all of a sudden you're traveling up a mountain. And, and I don't want this to be lost on you. This would not have been an easy journey to make. Mountains were known for their rough terrain. Mountains were known for their steep paths. Mountains are oftentimes where robbers would hide in the crooks and the crevices and would come out on unsuspecting travelers and take everything that they own. This would not have been an easy journey for you to make. Maybe your muscles are starting to get sore. Maybe you didn't bring enough water for the journey or food for the journey and you're getting kind of cranky and crabby at having to go up this mountain wondering if whatever it is that you're about to encounter is worth it at all. But then you think about, well, as tough as this mountain is, mountains are pretty important in our faith story. After all, mountain, a mountain is where Moses received the Ten Commandments. A, a mountain is where Elijah heard the still, small voice of God. 
As you think about it, mountains are places in your faith journey, in your story, where you have encounters with the divine. And so maybe that's what helps you to keep going on those steep paths Keep going in that rough terrain to keep going despite the threat that you might be robbed at any moment is that whenever you're on a mountaintop, there's a really good chance you're about to encounter the Lord. And maybe you're just wondering, what's that encounter going to look like? And then all of a sudden, Jesus his clothes turned dazzling white. I mean, it would make a great Super Bowl commercial for Clorox, wouldn't it? I mean, all of a sudden, you're walking up this mountain, and then Jesus just, he just turns dazzling white, all of his clothes, and you're sitting there saying, wow, what in the world is going on? And if that's not enough to get your attention, then all of a sudden, you see Jesus talking with two guys. And I don't know how you knew who those two guys were, but you did know who they were. You determined fairly quickly, maybe it's because they introduced themselves, maybe it's because you've just thought about them, heard about them, seen them, uh, pictures of them, but you knew that those were, two people were Moses and Elijah. And then you're remembering, ah, mountaintop. Moses, you are the one that received the Ten Commandments on the top of the mountain. You are the one that represents in our faith story, in our faith journey, all of the law. And then you see Elijah and you're like, ah, you're the one that on the mountain you experienced the still small voice of God. And not only that, you represent all of the prophets in our faith journey and in our faith story. And you're sitting there thinking, wow, here is the representative of the law here is the representative of the prophets. Everything that our faith story has ever told us is important. And now they're having a conversation with this guy, Jesus. This guy that you decided to drop your nets and everything to go and follow him. And even though this mysterious Jesus, he, he, I don't really understand everything that he's doing. I don't really understand everything that he says. I don't understand really everything that he says that we must do as we follow him, but you're smart enough to know that when Jesus is talking with the two pillars of your faith, there is something important going on. The fact that Jesus is in a conversation with the representative of the law and the representative of the prophets is enough to tell you that whatever it is that's happening here is rooted in the history of God's salvation. It is very, very important to you and to your faith. And then you start thinking about, wait a minute, Moses and Elijah, they both had unique departures from this world when they left. There were some strange circumstances about how they left this earth and went to be with the Lord. And you're starting to realize that something really special, something really powerful is happening here. And it's only natural for you when you see Jesus, this man you're following, and these two pillars of your faith all in conversation that you want to preserve the moment. 
that you want to just stay there for a while. And, and you just can't resist yourself. You have such a great idea. Have you ever had just this great idea and you just couldn't wait to share it with everybody? And, and then you found out it wasn't such a great idea after all. <laughs> Uh, you know, Peter's got this great idea. He's like, I, I want to stay here for a while, man. This is awesome. I mean, Jesus and these two guys, I mean, this is like stuff that you need to pay attention to. So he proposes that they build three dwelling places, one for Elijah, one for Moses, one for Jesus, and the rest of them just sit there and enjoy it for a while. But it's only later that you realize that faith isn't about staying on the mountaintop. Faith is not about encountering something really special, really sacred, really holy, and never wanting to leave it. And so you realize that you have to go down the mountain. That, that it's, it's great when you have these mountaintop experiences where you, where, you are, where you find yourself transformed in the way that Jesus was transformed when, when, you, when you have this feeling that something really special and really powerful is going on here when these three people are having a conversation. It's something that you want to cherish, but those moments don't last. And sometimes you have to go down the mountain. Our faith is about what happens after the moment of transformation. After we encounter the light of Christ. Our faith is about taking that light of Christ in that moment of revelation, in that moment of transformation, back down into the valleys and sharing that experience with other people. That is our mission and our calling. Now, what's interesting is that after they've heard the voice of God, it says, this is my beloved son, listen to him. They begin to realize that what he's saying to them is not at all what they expected. And one of the things that he says to them as they're going down the mountain is, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I, I wonder, why would you think that Jesus would tell you not to tell anybody? And then it probably dawns on you that the reason why you shouldn't tell anybody is because you still don't really understand everything that happened. In fact, Jesus tells you not to tell anybody until he is raised from the dead. And so now you're thinking, I'm not going to fully understand everything that's just happened in this moment until some point in the future, Jesus is going to die and Jesus is going to be raised again. It's as if you cannot experience transformation of the resurrection until you've gone through a period of darkness, a period of death. And so it's only after the resurrection that you began to put two and two together that this transformation, this transfiguration on the mountain was intended to be a foretaste of the resurrection of Jesus. It was through the transfiguration that you re were revealed the glory of God. It was revealed to you. But that revelation of God's glory is nothing compared to the revelation of God's glory that will be made known to you in the resurrection. 
And as you're going down that mountain, following Jesus and listening to Jesus, maybe it begins to dawn on you that you're going to have to follow Jesus all the way to the cross. That you're going to have to follow Jesus into the valleys of life where there is pain and where there is darkness and where there is death. But it's in experiencing those dark days that the transformation that occurs in the resurrection really begins to take on deeper meaning for you. Our mission and our calling, dear friends, I think God wants us to have these mountaintop experiences. I think God wants us to have these moments where heaven meets earth. I think God wants us to be wowed by things that are taking place in and around us. God wants us to experience the transformation from those moments. But those moments will not last. But we who have experienced the light of Christ are supposed to go and to share that light in the places of darkness throughout our world. That is our mission and our calling. There are all sorts of ways that you can experience transformation. There are all sorts of ways that you can, can be changed by an encounter with Christ. It, it, it might be through an act of service. It might be through a mission trip. It might be through reading your scripture. It might be through uh, going to church. Um, I'm amazed, Reverend Martha and I were talking last week, and she said that people have been coming up to her and talking about how meaningful it had been to be reading through the Bible and how God has just been transforming them uh, in ways that they couldn't have imagined through the daily reading of Scripture. And I said, well, let's hope it lasts when they get to Leviticus. Which, if you're reading along, we're there now, right? But there are all sorts of ways for you to experience transformation. For you to encounter the light and the love of Christ. And your testimony to that light will be far more meaningful than you could ever realize as you go into the darkness of our world seeking to share that light and that love with other people. That is your mission and your calling. Your faith is not just a noun. It's a verb. It's meant to be lived out. And when you and I receive that as our mission and our calling then others will have the invitation to see and experience the transformational power of Jesus.